Welcome to Season 3 of The Commons, a podcast featuring researchers, innovators, artists, entrepreneurs, and community builders who are improving the human condition in your own backyard and around the globe. I'm your host, Tom Osha. If you've listened to any episode of this podcast, you do know we focus a lot on innovation districts, the spatial geographies where talent and ideas come to cluster and connect. The Association of University Research Parks is a member-driven organization, and it counts among its membership research parks and innovation districts across the globe who have as their anchor research universities and academic medical centers. This robust organization of several hundred districts comes together once a year in a different city around the world to exchange ideas and best practices in the industry. This year, they're in Toronto, Canada for the 2022 International Conference. They were kind enough to invite the Commons to come and speak with some of their members. So our first episodes of Season 3 will be interviews with park leaders from around the world. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Commons. I'm Tom Ocean. We're coming to you today live from the Association of University Research Parks Annual Conference in Toronto, Canada. My guest this afternoon is Laura Belial. She is the Director of External Engagement for the University of Illinois Research Park. Laura, welcome to the Commons. Thank you so much, Tom. It's great to be with you on this, uh, you know, glorious conversation today, and I'm sure um, we will enlighten your listeners <laughs> I, in, I, on some topic. Well, I know you will because you guys have really for years been kind of trendsetters, particularly in bringing elements of innovation into what I'll call kind of a more traditional university environment, right? Champaign-Urbana is not a major city, but yet you guys are continuing to create startups and to bring innovation out of the university. So talk about what's the secret sauce that you've got going on at the, the research park? Well, you know, I like to say that the startups want to be like the corporations and the corporations want to be like the startups. And we have both in our park. And that's really one of the interesting aspects. Of course, you know, they say you can't be all things to all people, but I guess we are in many ways as we balance the needs of these very different constituencies. However, I do see those commonalities there. And frankly, to your point, you know, nobody is coming to Champaign-Urbana for the real estate. They're coming for the university and for the talent. And we have more talent than almost anyone else in a lot of ways. So it's not just the, um, you know, the, the type of talent, but it's the scale. And so when you have talent at scale, that's why we're growing. When I came to visit you, I guess it's been a, a few years now, I do remember being surprised as we walked around by the number of companies that had really come to engage the students in projects. So I remember seeing Deer and Capital One and Gray Bar, and, but the whole reason for being there was to have an innovation center that was stocked by your students. And, and so tell me about how those work. 
So that is the model. The students work year round, uh, part time during the school year, full time during the summer. In fact, you know, a big part of what my team's role is, is making sure that students, of course, which churn in and out consistently. So great opportunity to engage with them, but they're constantly turning over. Right. So job security for me and my team, I guess. But shout out to my team who's been working career fairs day, literally day and night for the last few weeks and as well as other opportunities to get in front of students. But yes, the students are our feedstock into our corporate innovation centers. And we've been really lucky to see uh, so many corporate innovation centers, honestly, that have opened since or in the last year, but also the ones that we've had for many years that are going through transformations and expansions because they've recognized that there's a lot more that they can do with us than what they were currently doing. So I kind of wondered if it was one of those opportunities. Once I have a center and I start to find some things, I find more and more and more things. So so once they graduate, do they go on to jobs with these companies? Well, that's what the companies would love. Okay. And so, yeah. you know, there's all kinds of research and I, you know, I didn't come prepared with any sort of metrics or, or stats, but just about the importance of internships in terms of recruitment these days. And the landscape of recruitment has changed substantially. It was changing before COVID. I think COVID has accelerated it. But one of the interesting things that's, uh, that is very relevant to this conference anyway way is that companies recognize that cultivating and developing young talent is not something that's easily done in the virtual world. And so one of the things that's driven sort of people back in the office in our case is the fact that they're working with this young talent, working with them in uh, diverse teams, teams that are, as we like to say, are, you know, from different backgrounds, different skill sets and coming together to work on these projects and creating innovation as well as creating that talent pipeline and relationships. Innovation is also part of culture, right? And and to have culture, you do have to have relationship. You do have to have presence, right? Yeah, and so I think that the companies recognize that uh, they want to engage those students. Of course, they were doing it remotely before anyone even had those discussions. And one of the things I think we were very proud of was that, you know, internships weren't canceled during that summer, even though, because they already knew how to do this. Yeah, yeah, right. But yet... But for a longer term arc, they also recognize the importance of presence and engagement with the students. And really, the students have the opportunities of a lifetime to get in front of C-suite level, uh, you know, people in those organizations. And that's the type of of attention, like it or not, that those sites are getting from their corporations. You also have other anchors within the innovation district. We have a supercomputing center, mm-hmm. if I if I remember right. And if I also remember, I think the the research park is expanding, right? To take advantage of that, to bring more of what we might consider urban amenities and sure. retail choices in there. So talk a little bit about the exciting new developments at the park. Yeah, so we're consistently, you know, looking to leverage, of course, the assets of our university, but also one of our biggest assets is frankly the land that we have. Uh, so we were the beneficiaries of the university deciding, of course, this is now goes back you know, a quarter of a century almost, uh, modernizing its ag research facilities. So that meant that we had greenfill space. And so adding on to that has been important. As you mentioned, looking to add amenities, um, you know, creating that work-life play. One of the things that we're working on consistently is bringing in a residential area to our park. Uh, We think that it would be a very unique asset to our community. There's lots of interest in people living on campus, but 
there aren't a lot of grown-ups that live on campus. <laughs> right, And right. so when we say grown-ups, we specifically mean, you know, that could mean everyone from young professionals to retirees. Right, right. So that's the kind of um, opportunities that we've been looking at and hope to come to fruition as our park grows. So you say that part of the growth will, will take uh, lands that have been used for ag, but talk to me about where your ag programs are going, because I, I saw some amazing stuff in what I guess I'll call ag tech mm-hmm. when I was there to visit. Right. And so ag tech has become foundational to uh, our future of our university. And honestly, it's coming back to its roots, of course, as a land grant institution. Right, you know, right. every time we see our chancellor, he does have to mention that. And we do, too. Um, and shout out to him because actually his background is ag tech. Uh, so the the reality is, though, is that we've doubled down. You know, ag was a little slow in some ways to come to understand the need of partnerships like this, although the partnerships were there. Uh, the foundation for those partnerships have been there for a long time. And I think that was critical and just building onto them in, uh, and, and essentially ag needed to modernize, needs to modernize and needs to improve and is, is responding to, you know, things like ESG and other uh, critical issues, sustainability being one of them. And so that, that's happening in our park. And it's really interesting because it's happening on the startup side as well as the corporate side. So I'm glad you brought the startup side up because you know we, we've been talking about the innovation centers mm-hmm. of large companies, but you guys have a tremendous startup population as well. Kind of an innovation hub building, if I remember right, was kind of ground zero. Describe that, that, Laura. That's true. So our incubator is what we like to call a club house of the research park. It's called Enterprise Works. We also have plans to grow our incubator and to add some growth stage facilities, etc. But let's just talk about the present. And the present means is that we have um, about a half of our resident companies in the research park are what we would call startups. And about a quarter of them probably somehow touch ag tech. And of course, ag tech is very broad, right? right I mean, right. you're talking everything from from plants to animals to machines to, you know, software to whatever it might be. And there's lots of things in between. You guys are also involved in a school of medicine in Chicago, right? Well, so interestingly enough, in the yeah. last several years, so traditionally the University of Illinois Chicago has been the epicenter of medical education right. in our state and frankly is one of the largest in the nation. However, uh, several years ago, our institution uh, developed plans for an engineering-focused medical school. So sort of what you would describe as a boutique program <laughs> um, that leverages, of course, the excellence of our College of Engineering yep. and that just graduated its first class actually this spring. So there is a lot of very focused efforts to leverage College of Medicine. Actually, we just got a new dean there uh, from, and he and he's got all kinds of ideas of how he wants to even grow that further and take it up a notch uh, from what has been done in the first few years of that program. But definitely, um, engineering fo- focused medical school, getting those students in means more innovation. Coming out of the pandemic, ha- have you seen any desire for folks to maybe not be? in what I'll call the dense, compact area of Chicago, but instead have maybe many of the qualities of life that you find in Urbana-Champaign with this major research institution, which is also a huge contributor to the cultural fabric of the city as well. 
It is. And, you know, if you do look at the data in this existed pre-pandemic, though, is that Champaign-Urbana is one of the only growing metros in the state of Illinois. And I think what you just pinpointed, the primary drivers of that are the innovation landscape, our our research park, as well as uh, the medical school, but also just our expanding medical uh, community as well. So there we have two hospitals. People are like, you have two hospitals in this, you know, small (laughs) footprint and other medical organizations. So it's becoming a a center for, you know, clinical care as well. So that's been a very important driver. But yes, the university contributes to that fabric. It's just a unique place. You know, I like to say it's the oasis in the cornfield, but lots of people are also recognizing the importance of those cornfields to the broader, you know, economic landscape of our state and frankly, all of our futures. As you can hear, we're here in the middle of downtown Toronto at the Mars Medical and Related Sciences Building, and there's there's a lot of things happening in an urban footprint. Mm-hmm. What is a particular challenge for those maybe in more of a suburban college town footprint that that you have, might have to work a little bit harder than if we were sitting in downtown Toronto or downtown Philadelphia? Well, I'll tell you some of the advantages, actually. Ah, So some of the advantages being that, you know, I run into our innovators at the grocery store. Uh, You know, people know each other. The connection, the connectivity and the webs are, you know, maybe sometimes a little bit too close for comfort for some people, but they're there all the time. We don't have issues of people not wanting to, you know, take the subway into the city for a specific event. As I like to say, you know, people don't have to invest an hour to attend an hour workshop. So we're Turning programming robustly to in-person programming has been really important to us. So those are some of the advantages I think we have of just that ability to get around, the ability to network, the ability, as I like to say, it's a very easy place to come and actually make an impact in a very short period of time. Whereas I think in a city environment where you just, you know, it might take you a year to figure out what the landscape is and who all the players are. That's not an issue where we are. Uh, We're very inter connected and we all like to work together. So our innovation landscape, I think, is very um, well suited for that. Of course, maybe that's not everyone's cup of tea. Maybe they need something else. But frankly, you know, we're within a easy distance to many different places where people can get their city fix. I grew up in the city and and so did our director too. So, you know, for us, um, you know, we we enjoy our micro urban lifestyle. (laughs) Final question. What is the best piece of advice that you've ever received? Oh, wow, that I've ever received. Um, If you want to be loved, be a nurse. So the best piece of advice I ever received. So my early career is that I was a journalist and um, I was at one point a daily journalist and I was lucky enough to be in part of a classroom where the legend from the Washington Post, Ben Bradley, was there. And that was wow. actually something he said. Really? And so I think what it really made, really what it was is nothing against nurses, but I think the point is, is that have a tough skin. Yeah, and, yeah. and so um, that was really something I remember consistently. I would say the other thing, and I think this is applicable to um, research parks in general and communities of innovation, which we're talking about here and building communities, is that my grandmother always said Rome wasn't built in a day. And I totally believe that, and I say it quite often. You know, that, that is wonderful advice for all of us. To, there is an element of patience in this. And going back to the being a nurse, there's an element of humanity.
humanity mm-hmm. in, in what we do and in what you're doing at the Research Park. Thank you so much, Laura, for coming and for sharing that with us today. Well, thanks for having me, and I hope somebody out there listening was maybe inspired to become a Research Park uh, you know, director, as we like to say in the business. Nobody goes to school for that. <laughs> that that's right. Well, thank you so much. I'm, my guest today has been Laura Belisle, and she is the Director of Engagement for the University of Illinois Research Park. I'm Tom Osha. This is The Commons at AURP 2022. The Commons is a production of Wexford Science and Technology, LLC. Views and opinions expressed are solely those of the host and guests. To view additional material about today's episode or guest, submit questions or story ideas, or to learn more about Wexford Science and Technology, please visit www.wexfordscitech.com forward slash insights. You can subscribe to The Commons on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you enjoy your podcasts. I'm your host, Tom Osha. Thank you for listening.